Hello, just a quick programming note. You may have noticed that we were dark for, according to SoundCloud at least, uh, 14 days as of time of our last recording. Uh, there isn't much to talk about, so, but we're trying to make it, you know, because it's the beginning of June. We're trying to make it so that we can actually have a podcast going every single week, and we're trying to figure out each other's schedules. Uh, so we've been trying to slow bleed these podcasts. We actually recorded this uh, not uh, early last week. But we, but because of some technical snafus, we weren't able to get this podcast up until now. But fortunately, none of the stuff we talked about was time sensitive. So this is the second Take the Black podcast, and hopefully we will have a more regular schedule. At least we will try to release one podcast for both the Take the Silver and Black and the Quote the Raven podcast. The dates will not be set probably until July or August when we actually find out what our regular season schedule is going to look like. But hopefully you will enjoy this second podcast about Take the Silver and Black, where we talk about the Raiders' offseason and the fact that we actually spent money and how good that feels that people are actually talking about us as if we're not a doorstop. That's kind of nice. Anyways, take a listen. Hello and welcome to the Take the Silver and Black podcast the Raiders podcast and with a little sprinkling of the rest of the NFL in the process as well. My name is Mark Hagan. I guess I would say that we haven't figured out my title yet, but I guess they am the executive producer for the Extreme Outsider Sports podcast. Joining me is the host of the Quoth the Raven podcast, but the other, the you know, the other man in this two-man operation, Kevin Bush. Kevin, how are you doing? I am very well. How are you? Can't complain. We've, uh, you know, we're kind of just trudging along through this part of the off season, which is there's literally no news at all, like at all. Uh, no, there's big news. There's uh, Jalen Ramsey with his torn meniscus. Well, that's just because the Jacksonville Jaguars decided to build Everbank or, uh, Stadium in under a, a Indian burial ground. That's the <laughs> only explanation for why all of their first round draft picks get injured. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> but other than that, so we're going to talk about free agency this week. We're going to be discussing how the Raiders did in the offseason in general, because we talked about the draft last time. And then we'll touch on a couple of uh, other older league, new, big league news things, one of which is the Josh Norman saga and how Carolina decided to take backseas their franchise tag. And... Because this is a podcast that is liable to start talking crap about the rest of the AFC West, we are going to discuss Denver's quarterback situation (laughs) and whether or not that actually matters or not. It may actually not matter because uh, the, you know, the the Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl Uh. whilst playing like crap. So maybe Mark Sanchez might not be the worst idea in the world. I would like to say that that still is a terrible decision, but that's because I expect he will be a shadow of his former self once Khalil Mack gets to him for the fifth time in the second quarter. <laughs> but let's discuss free agency first. So yes. there were a lot. Of, so we talked about the draft already, and obviously free ad- agency happened before that. So this will help us talk about the key additions, retentions, and the things that maybe helped free agency matter, uh, you know, and how it, that uh, affected the draft itself. So there were a lot of key additions yes. to to the draft, one of which is uh, is something that matters to you quite a bit, I would have to say. 
fuck. Yeah. Do we have to talk about this? Well, yes, because uh. we we just spent fi- uh, fifty eight million dollars to get a one. Uh, Kalechi Osemele. I was going to try to say his name in the worst possible way, but I can't. Uh, so yeah, left guard, uh, Kalechi Osemele. Oh, now, he could, he could play a tackle if he wanted to. He's, he is incredible. He's an incredible run blocker. He doesn't have to though. We'll get to that in the retention section, but we have, we got Kalechi Osemele from the Ravens. We got Sean Smith from the Chiefs. Bruce Irvin from the Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks and Reggie Nelson from the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, obviously, there are other additions to this as well, but these are the key additions. In years past, the Raiders did not really spend big in free agency. Now, clearly, they had to because of the salary floor that they were very much under. Well, last offseason, they made Rodney Hudson the highest-paid center in the NFL. That's That was their one big signing, I think, is really, was getting, Rod, uh, was getting Rodney Hudson. And he definitely did his job. You, oh there was God. a clear drop-off. When he got injured? When he got in, yes. You could start seeing the small fractures in the offensive line of the second half of 2015 when he would have to sit out games. But uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, like, you really, you look at, and we'll talk about the whole paper champions thing later because that, you know, the whole grinds my gears thing, that's, that's on the list of the Raiders being 2016 paper champs. Yes. But uh, what are your thoughts on just the sheer number of, you know, A minus B plus types of signings that the the Raiders did this year, and did it without. I mean, we don't have all of the uh, contract terms in front of us, but did it without having to overpay for a lot of these guys. Yeah. I I really like these signings. The uh, Koleshi Osemele signing. It sounds like a lot of money, but somebody would have given it to him. Uh, a young road grader like that who already has a Super Bowl ring, who can who has proven that he can substitute in at left tackle which he did last year when Eugene Monroe got injured for the thousandth time. Um, <laughs> he's, I mean, he's he's getting paid a lot of money this year. But like I said, the Raiders had to spend money this offseason. Oh, yeah. And they, they do, they're doing the same thing they did with Rodney Hudson last year. Front load all of these contracts so they they end up being cap space later because you have to spend money. Yeah, well, not to say nothing of the fact that there are a few contracts that are coming up down the line where we're gonna want to spend quite a bit of money. Don't want to fall into the Seahawks trap where we're gonna have to start letting people go because don't have salary cap space. And Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, Latavius Murray, uh, Khalil the, the, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. The, yeah, there's, there's some guy, some defensive end that we have that that's pretty good at football. Um, yeah, Mac, I think is his name, right? Uh, the, you know, these are people you're going to have to pay, so you're going to have to front load these contracts, and I think that was part one of the things that Reggie McKenzie, uh, general manager for the Raiders, did right was you know the the average salary for you know assembly, for instance, is about eleven and a half million dollars a year. But I have to imagine the cap, you know, the amount of cap space he's taking up this first year is uh, 13.2. Yeah, yeah. $13.2 million for Osemele, $12.5 million for Irvin. We'll get to Crabtree in a minute, but Crabtree's the third highest cap hit tied with Sean Smith, who are both getting paid $11 million according to the cap this year. So you know that these are all front loaded contracts, and there's a very good reason for this. <laughs> Because you got it, you got to spend that money now. And the thing is that you know, 
you had to overpay for stars for a while in Oakland. Yeah. Because it was it was the your shit tax is effectively what it and is. And California has a crazy sales tax also. Well, well income especially tax especially in Oakland. Wanna, yeah. Well, yeah. Oakland has a high sales tax right. also. Right. That's that's true. But I mean the yeah, the, you ha- you'd have to pay the piper a little bit for the fact that California teams have to spend you have to give them more money cuz they're going to have to give away more money to the state governments, and then there's, you know, I mean, this doesn't affect them, but there's also the whole, like, if you go to the athlete tax, if you go to other states. And there's the bad, you got to go play for a bad team in a stadium that leaks everywhere, that leaks sewage. When you have a stadium where the floor of the stadium is 20-something feet below sea level, something's <laughs> going to go wrong. Now, we're not going to talk about relocation this week. That is next week's topic, yeah. but, yeah, hooray. Because I love talking about the Raiders moving to San Antonio or Las Vegas, but the you know yes that that is one reason you have to pay. But I mean, Reggie in seasons past didn't spend did not, and that's why the seller floor was a problem because yeah. he didn't really spend that much in free agency this year. Partially because he had to, and partially because players actually wanted to come here. Yeah, which is definitely a big difference. Yeah, Oakland was a destination for the first time, and probably. 10 years yeah and and this is in sharp contrast to another team that won in free agency which was jacksonville they also had a salary floor problem but i mean you can kind of see some mirrors between the jags and the raiders in terms Absolutely. of in terms of where they are they have they have their franchise quarterback there is definitely a discussion as to whether you know bortles and Carr being one and two and make you know take your pick as to who the best player or the best quarterback of that draft is, I think those two are the ones that are at the tops of the discussion. Sorry, Vikings fans, Bridgewater is not one of those players. Uh, the and then you also look at what they had, what they did, and the fact they're getting two first rounders effectively now. As we just said, Jalen Ramsey, torn meniscus, but that's that's still you know that's something that you can come back to and play week one. Dante Fowler is going to be back this year too, so. And then all the massive free agent spending they did to get to try to to plug up holes just as the Raiders did. So that that's fine. And then you look at the Giants, which definitely took a very much a we're overpaying the ever living shit out of anyone that wants to come here, which is what the Raiders used to do in the two oh. thousands. So so you're seeing this wide array, and that and that was something that everyone always laughed at the Raiders for. It's like, you have to pay. It's a loser tax. Yeah, Janoris Jenkins, who got uh, rejected for a franchise tag by the Rams. <laughs> and the Giants gave... Olivier Vernon is a is a beast. He's going to do amazing in New York, I would I would predict. But Janoris Jenkins was just a... And then they let Prince Amukamaro walk to give money to Janoris Jenkins. It was just really weird. And and, and Prince ended up in Jacksonville, right? Yes. I think that, yeah. So like again, it's, it's like you're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I think that while Prince wasn't necessarily a, a CB one, and Janoris Jenkins, for all intents and purposes, is going to be the cor- the first uh, cornerback in in New York. I don't really know that you were really needing to pay him as much as the Giants no. did at no, all. So absolutely. Certainly the, the Raiders, uh, uh, effectively what we're trying to say is that the Raiders are definitely making smarter moves in free agency. They yeah. didn't, they didn't uh, fall over themselves to try to pay people on day one. Irvin and Assembly were the two big day one signings, and then 
uh, Sean Smith game, came a couple of days later, and then Nelson was a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Uh, looking at the key retentions for the Raiders, uh, Crabtree, ca- we got him in December, so that was obviously a... a Did con- you see Michael Crabtree talking about Derek Carr? Like, in his NFL Top 100 thing? I did not. Oh, man. Michael Crabtree is so happy in Oakland playing with Derek Carr. <laughs> he, he, may, he may be really happy on the fact that he has a quarterback now instead oh. of a running back that just masquerades as quarterback every once in a while. Hey, you hear he or Mr. America. I mean, I guess those are the it, two options you would have in Well, in Colin Kaepernick threw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball in high school. Yes, and Jimmy Graham plays basketball. As the announcers <laughs> like to say 40 times a game. Yeah, that's that, that this is potentially true. But that's what I makes a quarterback good is if they can throw a baseball hard. I didn't know that. <laughs> Derek Carr is apparently shit now. I did, not, I did not realize that that was the case. I bet Jamarcus Russell could throw the shit out of a baseball. Uh, um, he also may eat the baseball. <laughs> kept so other players who kept uh, Marquette King. Uh, that we have the the eternal. We have a black punter. Marquette King is a badass. He is amazing, and his Instagram account is a plus gold. So if didn't you ha- he play quarterback or something in like high school? Or- I be- yes, I do believe so. I don't know the exact uh, biography of Mark King, but yeah, he did play quarterback at some point. He had to transition to punter, and now he is our. Uh, he's going to be there for very, very. very he's a very crazy long time. athletic punter. There's a reason he gets, yeah, there's a reason he gets inside the 20-yard line so much. Yeah. And you just kind of look at him and go, yeah, that, that makes sense. That He does that nearly every For time. some reason, even when the Raiders were such shit for so long. Sorry, all you Raiders. Oh, wait. That, that, no, this is a completely fair point. We've worked oh, yeah. it for a very long time. For some reason, the Raiders always had incredible special teams. They well, had, had Leckler and Janikowski Leckler, for yeah. you know, 12 years. Leckler and Janikowski, and then when you draft a shitload of fast dudes, you're you're going to stumble upon a couple of good kick and punt returners. <laughs> well, yes. Like Jacoby Ford? Yeah, well, that oh, was man. at least worth it for a little while, yeah. Yeah, or uh, Fabian Washington. I don't like to re- dwell on the bad times. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's refocus on the good times. So some other, some other key retentions. We did keep Donald Penn, so we do still have uh, our left tackle position solid for another couple years. It is worth noting that we are going to have to try to find someone to replace Penn soon. He is quite old. And a knucklehead. you got to have an enforcer on your line. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Donald Penn is is that enforcer and the enforcer for the entire offense, which may not be so great. That said, there are a couple of times uh, Donald Penn falls into the trap of being the guy that reacts to the shit move and then gets penalized for it. Like when he donkey kicked uh, that player on the Broncos. <clears throat> Or when he got kicked in the chest uh, by a Chargers defensive lineman and he proceeded to try to beat the ever-living shit out of said player (laughs) and he got flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. That was awesome. Things like that are uh, are Donald Penn's forte. But hell, (laughs) the the fact that we were able to keep him at uh, what what he quoted before we signed him as his not HBO rate (laughs) is perfectly fine with me. Yeah. Kept Seth Roberts, which is, you know, that was an ERFA uh, maintaining type of thing. He's a good, he's a, he's a good, uh, I guess, Tory Smith equivalent. He's got he, better hands than Tory Smith. No, he's Smith. got, no, 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 no. I mean, like, he, he's the guy that runs the nine route and just yeah. takes care of business. That's perfectly fine. He, uh, you're right. He is better. He's a good WR3, WR4. 
I'm glad that we kept him. Andre Holmes, exact same scenario. Yeah. He's a he's a good gunner for you know when you have Crabtree and Cooper covered. And we're retaining Alden Smith, which Alden Smith has not been in the news for doing dipshit things. Which well, he's suspended. For, right, what, but you can do dipshit. He's well, yeah, he's suspended until midway through the season, I think. Yeah. So we are retaining Alden Smith as well, which again. Uh, as I may have said, if not on the podcast, I've certainly said this in, you know, in private conversations. Bruce Irvin, Alden Smith, Khalil Mack. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's not going to end uh, particularly well. It doesn't feel like we really lost anyone important, or at least anyone important that we weren't already going to lose to them wanting to retire either. Yeah. The biggest hit has got to be Rod Streeter, who's now playing for Kansas City. Uh, and we'll get to him in a second, but I mean, we, uh, the only other big loss that I can see was uh, Benson uh, Mayua, which was just yeah. kind of a depth loss yeah, on the fine. defensive side. And then we lost Justin Tuck and Charles Woodson to retirement. Did lose to, uh, Tony uh, Bergstrom, but that was never really, you know, he never really had a spot on the offensive line ever. Yeah. He kind of was just plugged in when someone was injured, and the second that person was not injured, he was gone. Lost to Marcus Webb, kind of the same thing. Was not exactly someone we wanted to keep anyway, so him going out didn't really matter. And the only non-retirement hit I can think is Rod Streeter, and he was starting games in 2014 and just completely fell off the roster. Yeah. In twenty, uh, you know, you know, last season, and obviously did not get even get offered a contract this season. Yeah, is that just kind of a a sign of the the shit time? Like the players that were that looked really good in the Dennis Allen era. Ugh. Oh God! And uh, just kind of I forgot not, about that guy. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and he's currently like a position coach for. Steve. The uh, the Saints, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and Tony Sperano is a position coach for the Niners, so <laughs> good, good moves up. Uh, good moving up there, uh, guys. But it's just like there was Streeter was good, but he just kind of like. Do you have an explanation for how he fell off the roster? Or are the wide receivers that wide I, I don't I, that much better? I don't know if I, I don't think he regressed at all. He's still he's still pretty young. I just think that. Amari Cooper was a stud and a half from day one. Right. Uh, Michael Crabtree, you know, the Raiders got a bunch of shit for drafting uh, Darius Hayward Bay over him back in that day. But like I said, he's... He, we ended up getting him anyways. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. He seems to be, like, watching that thing with Derek Carr, he seems like he's really happy there. He's He's playing well. Like, I just think that... And then Michael Rivera is essentially another receiver. He yeah. does not block. N- no. Lee, not Lee Smith is a pretty good blocker, though. So That was kind of the thing, is is that when we, we drafted Wolford in the third round, which is what a lot of people are saying, this is the guy that's going to make the leap. Uh, like, the second-year player that's going to make the biggest leap for the team. I think It's going to be Wolford because, well, again, when you look at last year's, uh, you know, the first two rounds are Mario Edwards Jr., who is a definitive starter at defensive yep. end if his neck's fine. Yep. And Amari Cooper, who there's no way he's not going to be our WR1. Yeah. Um, Walford is kind of the more complete tight end out of the group we have right now. Lee Smith was signed almost specifically because Michael Rivera can't run block to save his damn life. No. Uh, Smith gets lined up a lot in the fullback position. 
to yeah. say nothing of the fact that he can't he's really never used for passing plays which is kind of the same thing we said last time we were talking about how Taiwan Jones is you see him on the field you know it's a passing play you see Lee Smith on the field you know he's not getting the ball yeah. or at least certainly not very frequently so if Walford can can take that step up I don't really know what's going to happen to Michael Rivera outside of that I don't think he's a person we're going to cut but his contract is coming up this next year, he was a 2013 signing, a late round, thir- uh, 2013. He might be worth keeping around just for his insanely hot sister. Uh, well, that <laughs> that aside, uh, I think that he. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that we'll keep him because our tight end depth isn't superb. But I don't think that. I think that there is something, and, and we've discussed this before, maybe off podcast. But there's something to be said about maybe transitioning him to a you know, a WR4 or a WR5 instead of being a tight end because his, his run blocking and his pass blocking abilities are something to be desired. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they're not, they're not horrifically bad, but they're certainly not something that I that we've seen as a good thing. And he may be, you know, we're talking about uh, good players or, or uh, apparently good players from previous era kind of falling off the wagon. He may be one of those casualties next year, but we'll see. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, maybe not necessarily? I mean, we knew that this was going to happen. We knew t- uh, that Woodson was going to retire. Retire. Mm-hmm. We knew pretty uh, soon after his injury that Justin Tucker was going to retire. Um, knowing what you know over the course of the entirety of the off season, what what has been done for the Raiders both in free agency and the draft? How much do the retirements of these two players? Uh, affect the Raiders? Justin Tuck has a lot of attitude. Justin Tuck. Uh... You know, just like you were saying that the offensive line needs an enforcer, I think the defensive line needs an enforcer even more. Right. And as incredible as Khalil Mack is, uh, from what I've seen of him, he doesn't strike me as a very vocal dude. No, no, yeah. no. So that, that's always a little worrisome, and I don't know the personality of each Ra- Raider player, but when you lose that, you know, hold the line, rah-rah guy, Sometimes that can affect the whole defensive line a little bit adversely. That might be a bigger... Plus, he was playing very effectively before he, what, tore his pec? Is that what yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the greatest injury in the history yeah. of the universe. <laughs> and Charles, Wood, Charles Woodson was also still playing at a high level. But at the same time, it wasn't so much about his play on the field as it was about him doing a lot to get the back end set and... I don't I I think I think both of those players are more a loss in terms of leadership sure than they are in terms of play on the field but they were also both playing effectively. Oh, I mean well, especially Charles Woodson. I mean yeah. first ballot Hall of Famer is an understatement. Yeah. The fact that he was able to play that well at 39 uh, it says a lot about his playing ability. I'm I'm kind of glad he retired in in the time that he did. I'm really, really, really glad that he left uh, the Coliseum a winner, beating the Chargers in OT. <laughs> oh my! Off God. of a, off of a play that I don't we don't have it on here, but I do still remember it was you know Seth Roberts just dragging oh, yeah. a well i don't even know if it was a quarterback it, at that it was point a corner because, it was uh well, it craig mager it was okay so it wasn't inman because i know they had to play inman at safety yeah at, at some point 
uh, because that's how bad the Chargers' uh, injuries concerns were. And well, that's yep. saying I'm saying this to uh, the Ravens fan about uh, uh, injuries. That's your special topic next oh, week. God. But the but yeah, dragging a, a San Diego corner down 20 yards to set yeah. up the winning field goal. And of course, on third and eight, where the ball got batted up in the air, right? And then he caught it, and then yeah. he said the way. And then having that the speech at the end, uh, yeah. you know, there's a reason that Mark Davis said any job he wants. Let's say, let's not talk about the Statue of Liberty play that they tried to run with Charles Woodson. Yeah, that one wasn't really working out too oh, well. But, although but, I think he did make the smart decision by not trying to throw it and living to fight another day. Right? Yeah, no, that that was the right call. They were they they wanted him in for that for a play. The problem is, is that as much as a you know kind of hero hero ball type of scenario that would have been if he had scored that touchdown. The Chargers knew damn well what was going yeah. on, and they knew that that play was going to come up at some point during the course of the game, and they probably planned around that fact. So, eh, whatever. It is what it is. But, you know, the the fact that the Chargers won, or the Chargers lost, rather, <laughs> uh, for, for a second time, although it was a much closer game than the San Diego game was, which was over at halftime. That was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> the... You know, it, it, was a, it was a good way for, for Woodson to, to go out because the Week 17 game um, I'm not going to discuss. Mm-hmm. The, but, uh, but Justin Tuck, uh, j- his injury, and, you know, we knew he was going to be a stopgap. You're right, the, there is one problem with the fact that we don't really have that kind of type of vocal leadership on the line. Uh, Bruce Irvin may very well become that guy very fast. Oh, yeah. Actually, he might but... very well be the front seven sh- uh, shouter, let's say. <laughs> Because God knows he's won ever he's won uh, most of Raider Nation's affections over his uh, Twitter account or and his Instagram account. So I think that we may not lose that 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 guy. Bruce Irvin could very easily be become the guy. Uh, but you you unless you just play incredibly, it's hard to come in on your first year and be that guy right away. It, dep- it well it depends. I mean I think that that uh, certainly he's said the right things to ingratiate him with the fans. Now if he can become the enforcer on defense, uh, we'll see. Because he's again, the only player in history to be ejected from the Super Bowl, lest we forget that. Well, well that was that was because. Uh, Pete Carroll didn't run the ball, um, and then the fight that occurred after that. <laughs> so you know, three words. So there's a phrase to describe the uh, uh, for the free agency hall. And we'll have it for both sides uh, uh, for both uh, podcasts on this feed. Uh, mine. So I have two. One is one. I'll say just to make you groan is "LOL, God assembly." Uh. But fuck. The, but but the one I really want to go with is "Holy fucking shit." Yeah. Because. We spent years going, okay, this is the year we're going to spend a lot of free agency. Okay, we got Rodney Hudson. And no one else. And we kept letting players that we thought were going to be good leave. Uh, Jared Vildier being the the bigger of the, the... Lamar Houston, not so much. He ends up tearing his ACL after celebrating a blowout loss to New yeah. England. You sacked Garoppolo! Hooray! And you're out for the rest of the season. <laughs> but Valdir's still a top tier offensive lineman for for Arizona. the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this year though, kept all the players he wanted to keep, added more depth, and then the draft we added even more depth. Yeah. This isn't just to describe the 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 free agency hall, just the off season in general. The we the Raiders did extremely well in my opinion, but I yeah. am the homers. Let's ask the <laughs> non homer what your thought of. 
what the what the Raiders did in over, overall for the offseason and go ahead and assign the stereotypical letter grade at the end of your comments. <laughs> very, very very smart signings. They they had a lot of money and there the fan there are people in the fan base of every team who are always going to get angry at you if you don't sign great uh skill position players. Mm-hmm. But Reggie McKenzie has shown has shown that he knows what he's doing and he went out and he he's trying to win the battle in the trenches. He he plays in a division with Denver's pass rush and Kansas City's pass rush. Although Kansas City's a little more screwed than than they were, you know, before free agency got started. And Justin Houston's kind of injured at the moment. Oh, so. be- between Justin Houston and D Ford and fucking Dontario. Oh no, they, they, no, they're still yeah. fine. I'm I'm just yeah. saying that that one of their, you know, the the nearly sack leader yeah. of yeah. two of two years ago is definitely uh, not going to be there, but it's not to say that Kansas City's pass rush isn't yeah. still frightening. And Tom Bahali is uh, aging very gracefully and settling into a smaller role. They between that pass rush, between Denver's fucking uh, just Denver's pass rush would be enough to motivate me to go sign Kaleshi Osemele. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, granted, Denver shed quite a few defensive players in free agency. I think that there's... Well, there's nothing wrong with continuing to prop up your quarterback. Derek Carr's pretty durable, and this isn't... He's not his older brother who just got the ever-living shit kicked out of him because he was a top draft pick for an expansion team. But... The there's not one of the things that Reggie has very clearly done over the course of the last few seasons is bolster the offensive line. Rodney Hudson last year, assembly this year. It's very clear that one of the goals is to win, as you say, win in the trenches. Yeah, and you you so they and so the the biggest thing the biggest thing the biggest difference to me from the Raiders team I've seen in the past is. They they actually seem to be making these signings with an overall plan in mind. <laughs> and, you mean a forty time isn't a plan, <laughs> and not just going out and signing Warren Sapp. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to discuss that. Yeah, one go, going out and signing just just going out and signing a crazy expensive free agent and with with no regard for how they fit in the system. Or how that's gonna work? That that seemed to be their mo for a while. I could be completely wrong. No, you're that. not wrong. Okay, no, no, no. But now, now, I if I'm a Raiders fan, I have this off season was the final one that confirmed to me that this team is in very, very, very good hands with the people in the front office making the decisions. Well, the people that are in the front office that aren't uh, old and have a one track mind on what they what it is that they think needs to be done. Yeah. You know, God rest Al Davis's soul and all that, but that was definitely a so, mistake in, to, at the back end of his career. Because of that, my off-season grade, um I'm going to say a A minus and the minus is because um, there's two reasons. One, I'm worried about the uh inside linebacker position. Oh, yes, we're going to get to that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. Yep, the yep. other one is if I look at all the all the number ones on the roster, I see, you know, I see... Well, projected number ones. I, I, all the projected number ones, I see 
a team that can compete with maybe all but the top three teams in the NFL. But then I look at the player twos and the player threes and the player fours, and I think, you know, if there are a lot of players that I see where I think, like, if this one person gets injured, this team might be fucked. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a fair assessment. I mean, the, the, I would have to agree. So the thing is, is that it's we're the generic goal is, and, and we do advertise on our Oakland Raiders, which is why I'm going to bring this up because you know I frequent that sub quite a quite a bit. But one of the things is, is that okay? First of all, I agree. A minus is correct. That's also the grade that Silver and Black uh, Pride gave over on SB Nation. Uh, Bill Barnwell over at ESPN gave the Raiders a B plus, which I think is is also equally fair. Another uh, of the things that he uh, and one of the things he knocked was exactly that that our depth is not great. Certainly, our draft we drafted for depth, and that was definitely on purpose. But uh, the, a lot of the you know when you when you're talking about the 2016 draft, you still don't know if that's going to matter. Yeah. Uh, if any of these players are going to shake out, you assume that's going to be the case with players like Cal, uh, Lee Calhoun, Shahad Ward, Carl Joseph is going to be a starter, so that doesn't even matter. As of right now, Sean Smith's backup our backups are DJ Hayden. Mm-hmm. And Nico Thorpe. Mm-hmm. That is a huge drop off. You have yep. a huge drop off from Justin <laughs> Ellis to Stacy McGee. Uh, Stacy McGee is, is all right. I, I'm not too worried about that one. I mean, like the the defensive line depth isn't too bad. I think that the bigger problem is still the corner. It's still yeah. the secondary. The secondary is still incredibly weak. And I mean, every team's fucked if they lose their starting quarterback. So I'm not even going to worry. Yeah, about I'm, not, that. I'm not too worried about asking the question of who's better, uh, you know, McGloin or or Cook. I mean, that's not really <laughs> the, the the answer to that question. Is I'm already lighting my my jersey on fire because the season's <laughs> over. The answer to that question is alcohol. Yeah, yes, it's always <laughs> alcohol. So <laughs> week one. I, I sort of got anyone that said that, oh, Matt McGloin against Cincinnati, that was serviceable. No, shut up. <laughs> if McGloin had started week two, that would have, against Baltimore, we would have lost that game by at least two touchdowns and not won it with a pass to Seth Roberts on a slant route. That would not have happened. So, well, but our it, guys were kind enough to not cover a fucking thing that entire game. Well, that, yeah, that well, also which, is, which is why the final score for that game was like thirty-nine to thirty-three. I think like, it was thirty-seven. Thirty-seven, yeah, thirty-seven, thirty-three. So, yeah, that, that's why that was a high-scoring game. But, yeah. but yeah, so I, I think my my only concern is, yeah, the depth is a problem. Um, but again, this is a team that's on the rise. I think that the goal is wild card at best, maybe get through the the first playoff game because if we played Cincinnati. If Cincinnati's in the three seed, then we're going to win that one because that's just the way the Bengals roll. But I don't expect the Super Bowl out of this team. I think that free agency next year is going to be all about uh, addressing depth, and the same thing goes with the draft. So I think this year, definitely for what the Raiders needed to do, they addressed all of their starter needs. They addressed some of their depth in the draft. A-minus is exactly what I would have given them. I am really fucking tired of the Raiders being in the top five for how they did in the offseason, though, because I'm really tired of being paper champions. Yes. Because we went 7-9 and nine last year, and there's nothing that can convince me, at least in the middle of May... That getting all of these signings, getting all of these good draft picks means anything until we start playing regular season NFL games. I think if I were a Raiders fan, I would be okay with missing the playoffs for one more year. 
I'd be okay with it if we yeah as if long we improve. as as long as you show improvement, you know, go eight and eight, nine and seven. I would and say nine. I, I would say nine with the schedule we have. We're talking AFC South, NFC South. Oh, holy shit! And a third place schedule. Yeah. Nine and seven is kind of what I would want to see at the bare minimum. We'll get to 2016 discussions in a later podcast, but I would just say right now, if I don't see a, above 500 record from this team with the divisions we're playing, and even if the schedule is dog shit, both on the front end and the back end. It, it doesn't really matter to me. I think that there's a, it's very conceivable that the Raiders should go above 500 with the roster they have, barring a injury hell type of season that, say, the Chargers or the Ravens had last year. Um, to get to the last point we're going to talk about free agency is that one, the one need that never really got addressed was the inside was the middle linebacker inside linebacker type of position where currently according to the a site called rlads.com which is I mean this is just what the projected depth chart looks like going into training camp again it's May it's way too early to speculate what's going to happen Ben Heaney's the starting middle linebacker granted both Heaney and Ball did extremely well they're not bad and Curtis Lofton is thankfully no longer on the roster <laughs> Um, which I think we, we discussed this just before we went on air. Curtis Lofton is like the vast majority of our dead money. It's like 80, at least 85% of our dead money is going to Curtis Lofton. So good, good job by you. Uh, Curtis Lofton is 3.5 million in dead cap and they have about a dozen other, uh, a dozen other dead, uh, dead money players who add up to about 400,000. Yes. So yeah, a- at least 85%, not quite, not quite 90 but close. Yeah. Uh, very close, actually, yeah. uh, doing the math in my head. But yeah. the uh, so Curtis Lofton's God, I want to say thank God for that. Um, and, and you look again at the at the roster, Malcolm Smith, that's fine. Uh, Nirian Ball and Ben Heaney, okay. This never this is the one position that did not get addressed in the draft. I have to believe that, you know, Reggie's proven to be a good drafter, although, as as we discussed last time, I have my concerns about both Ward and Cook in terms yeah. of their picks. The Cook pick, I can understand if we're not planning on retaining McGloin, but the Ward pick, I hope they saw something. And, and actually, to that, to that end, I have to give Jihad Ward a little bit of credit for this. In an interview that was given um, about a week ago, he had actually said, I know I have the ability, I still need to learn. And that is something that I'm really, I'm kind of glad that he actually just came out and said, like, look, I get it. I I, I have the athleticism, which was the kind of the argument for drafting him in the first place, but he doesn't necessarily have the football IQ yet. The fact that he actually came out and said that, and I saw this on Silver and Black Pride, I'm sure that, that they weren't the ones that gave the interview, but... The fact that that is what he said is an encouraging sign for yeah. that end. Oh, definitely. But, but yeah, the the one concern I have is that you're right. Depth not great. Somebody gets injured, you're a little worried. But the other thing is, is that even at the middle linebacker position, it is a very muddled mess of middle meh. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what else to say about that. You know, or maybe maybe everything else is just just looks so good. That that's just the thing that sticks out, even though it's not terrible. Yeah, I I think that I, I'm not I'm not too terribly worried about. I mean, if it gets bad, Khalil Mack played 
middle linebacker in college, and he looked just as comfortable and powerful out inside as he did outside. And that, and that's kind of the other thing is that when you look at the linebacking core for the Raiders in general, it is actually quite deep. I have never seen a fucking college player that can do that. <laughs> Patrick Will, no, seriously, Patrick Willis was a great inside linebacker. Don't move him outside. Yeah, would, no, that's that's very you true. You would look fucking lost out there, but right? Khalil, but you can Khalil Mack can do that. Fucking anywhere. Uh, if we if, he, if we have a couple guys that I want to be career Raiders, and yeah. a lot of them have been drafted very recently, yeah, go, so go play middle line. Go, we're gonna go change your position and make you go play Ohio State. He's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Works out just fine. Yeah. We're going to try to keep to the two-thirds rule this time around, so we're going to end the discussion here, but are there any last thoughts you have about the Raiders' offseason that you haven't been able to articulate yet? Uh, no, ju- just like I said, uh, the, my my only real concern would be the ones look really good. It looks like a huge drop-off to the backups. So yeah. if you guys get hit with the injury bug like we did, uh, you're going to be in for... You know, a long season. Yeah, you're gonna be in for the season that I had last year. <laughs> where, where I will have to admit, once once the Ravens lost to Cleveland in week, what was it? Five, or no, it was, it was you lost to you lost to the Browns oh. and you lost to the Niners. Yeah, we were one and three, and I was like, okay, we're playing two shitty teams. We can get back, and then we lost with both of them. And then, that was when you went on as as was as was quoted uh, a lot. Team fuck it. Hashtag team fuck it. Yes. And I actually had a lot of fun being on team fuck it. But it's a team that I was I've been on for over a yeah, decade. But I, you, th- last year was the first year that I actually had legitimate hopes up until like week fourteen that we were actually <laughs> in the playoffs. Which usually by week five those are dashed. Yeah. Actually, I posted team fuck it on my Facebook, and Mark commented like, "Yeah, I'm usually automatically enrolled in this team, but." What what is this? Like I'm not I'm not on Team Fuck. It. I think that you, when you went on Team Fuck, it was after we blew out both the Jets and the Chargers, and it, and the Jets were le- actually legitimately good. Yeah. I don't think the Geno Smith or Ryan Fitzpatrick being on the uh, on the field that week would have mattered. We still yeah. would have won. Yeah, uh, the Chargers was just <laughs> they, the Chargers could have put all of Philip Rivers' kids on the field, and that would have cha- not changed the score. At the end of the day. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, some other league news. The first one, uh, so the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Josh Norman and all the weird stuff that happened with him. Like, I all right, let, let's just go off with this initial question because I don't think it's ever happened, or if it has, it certainly didn't get this much press. When was the last time a team revoked a franchise tag and said, "Go, f- go, fly and be free"? I don't out. remember it uh, with anyone that high profile i don't remember it maybe it does but not with someone who's that stature i don't know it's it was so i mean like so here's the story if you've been living under a rock and yes a lot of these stories are old but the point is that we you know we haven't had a chance to discuss them on air but josh norman gets tagged uh they, him and carolina and i'm sure his agent was involved as well because a percentage of a large contract is always lucrative, uh, were very far apart on a long-term deal, and Norman didn't sign the tag, which I think is always a mistake. Yeah. I, I always think that there's nothing wrong with signing your franchise tag, which I don't know how much it was for cornerbacks this year, but it was pretty It was pretty pricey. It was the average of the top five salaries. Right, it's got to be at least $10 million. Yeah, I don't, I don't exactly have the number off the top of my head, and I don't know if I'll be able to look it up while we're doing the podcast. So nah. oops for mentioning it and not being able to have the data in front of me. But it, uh, I promise you it's over $10 million. Yeah, it is, it's well over $10 million. It's probably yeah. $13 or $14 million. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and if, and if it isn't, you know, the internet is a wonderful thing. You guys can look it up after the podcast. <laughs> uh, but so, 
this is one thing. So we're going to take this story and ask questions while we do it. But like, well, say you're an NFL player that gets tagged and you're in a contract discussion and it's clear that you are not anywhere close with the franchise you're working with. I don't say you have to be rational on this. Let's say you have an ego the size of Odell Beckham Jr., for instance. Why don't you sign the franchise tag? Uh, Because I'm 28 years old, and I was a fifth-round draft pick, and I know that this is probably going to be the only big contract that I get. Ah, you've already you, you've stole, you've stolen the thunder. I think that is exactly it. Yeah, yeah I really do. Yeah, because if you if you have a shit year the next year, yeah, you are not getting paid. Yeah, for for every Joe Flacco who refuses to sign an extension and goes out and wins Super Bowl MVP, oh, I'm going to be mock pissed at you uh, in the in the Quote the Raven podcast because yeah. Bill Barnwell is an excellent writer, but he tanked the Ravens section by saying that you, that Flacco was the reason you guys were fucked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, whatever. But anyways, we'll, we'll, back to Josh. Does Norman. he remember Kyle Bowler? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> just because of cap hell and all that. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Um, fuck him. I hate him already. <laughs> um. But that that would be it. He he knows that he knows that his market value has very very little chance of ever being higher. Mm-hmm. 28 years old. This is his last big contract. But this is his only first big season too cuz I never really thought of Car- of Carolina having a decent uh cornerback core and this was the first year that Josh Norman really got off the ground. I mean, yeah. just from my perspective, maybe I didn't yeah. care about Carolina before because <laughs> the season before they went 15 and 1, they went 7 and 9. 7 but, 8 and 1. So, oh, sorry, 7 8 and 1, my bad. Yeah. I, I forgot that they they then they still won a playoff game because they were playing uh the remnants of the Cardinals. That, oh, in, that was like that watching game. a snuff film. That was horrible. <laughs> you didn't think Drew Stanton was a good quarterback. It was Logan Thomas Lo- and Ryan Lindley. Ryan Lindley was the yeah. It was Ryan Lindley was the San Diego out. State's finest. Ryan Lindley. <laughs> we are speaking to a San Diego State alumni um, <laughs> or alumnus, I guess it's, it's singular. But nah. yeah, uh, I I think that is that is part of it. Now the interesting twist is that Carolina eventually said, "Fuck it, you're a UFA now." Yeah. What now? Say you're. Jerry Richardson or Dave Gettleman or Dave Gettleman. What is your rationale for doing that? Okay. Um, Jerry Rich. This is a fun fact. There are two NFL fields that don't have the team's logo in the middle of the field. One of them is jets giants because they can't pick one. Yeah. The other one is the Panthers and it's because, uh, uh, Jerry Richardson feels like there's no team that's more important than the league as a whole. And so, if, it's funny that he, he he agrees with Mr. Megalomaniac himself, Jerry Jones, on so many things when it comes to the owners, but that's, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But uh, Jer- Jerry Richardson is a class act. He's he's that kind of guy, and I I feel like he just got tired of Josh Norman's bullshit with this, you know, Willie. You're, like I'm handing you, you know, whatever. The I tag I amount is yeah. The, whatever the tag amount is, and I, I don't think they ever released what the yeah. offer that was on the yeah. table 
Yeah, I'm I'm handing you, you know, the money you've made in your five seasons times four. Yeah. And you're fucking fucking trying to gouge me for more money. You know that I have to pay, like, the rest of the team. Fuck, you know what? Fuck you. Get out of here. Uh, Dan Snyder will give you a bunch of money, I'm sure of it. <laughs> and lo and behold, <laughs> well, I mean, gr- granted, we already know the, en- the end of this story, but, uh... Yeah. Known... He probably gave him Dan Snyder's phone number. He's like, oh, you want a shitload of money without having to prove yourself? Oh, let me give you Dan Snyder's number. <laughs> have you heard of the name Albert Hainsworth before? He gave uh, Deion Sanders a seven-year contract when he was like, 30 some, when he was like 37 years old. Not, not, not my problem, Dan Snyder's problem. <laughs> and also deciding that, you know, Mike Shanahan's a shit coach because he decided yeah. that RG3 was shit before everyone else realized that RG3 was shit. Yeah. Hey, who would have thought that the that you lost the St. Louis trade and that Kirk Cousins led you to the playoffs? Hmm. Yeah, it's almost as if Mike Shanahan was right all along. Yeah, although he was really wrong for uh, allowing uh, RG three to get back on the field in that uh, playoff game. God, I don't want to have that discussion right now, but I disagree. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> Washington immediately snipes up uh, Norman for seventy-five million dollars over the course of five years, with fifty million guaranteed. And okay, there's so, your there's your big contract. So he's going to be thirty-three years old, getting paid twenty million dollars. Yeah, that's going to happen. It. Well, that's a fair point. Um, I'm sure we can we can pull up the you know Washington salary cap for the first year. I'm sure he's matter. not getting paid as much. As, he's the highest paid corner in the NFL. He's getting paid more than Patrick Peterson and a whole bunch of people. Yeah, Josh Norman's cap hit right now this year is $8 million. I wonder how backloaded this contract is. (laughs) $75 million, you say, and the first year he's getting paid a little more than a tenth of that. Well, they have to give him $51 million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So let's say, so taking a look at Josh Norman's contract uh, for, for the entirety, yeah, oh God. Oh my God. So year two, so according to uh, OverTheCap.com, in 2017 his cap number is $20 million, and He might it's get around, cut after next year. Yeah, well, you never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so his base salary after the first year is around, it, it oscillates between 16, 11 and $16 million, depending on the year. Um, there is in no particular, uh, way of putting it, do they not take a cap hit every yeah. single year? Yeah. Even in 2020, if they were to take away his $12 million salary, they'd still have a $3 million cap hit yeah. for their last year of the contract. This is Dan Snyder, a man who has said that the Redskins logo is because of heritage. Although there was a, uh, not that this poll is something worth noting because, Pulling 500 Native Americans out of a population of five point something million, and and finding out that only 10 percent of them find the logo offensive doesn't really mean much. And I also feel like it was probably a push pull too. Like, is Redskins more offensive than insert offensive thing here? <laughs> no. Well, nine out of ten people decided that the Redskins aren't offensive. Yeah. I, I just like real like is he? He is not worth this much money. No, uh, unless unless he uh, the only way he's worth this much money is if he literally does the exact same thing this year, next year, the year after that, the year after that, and the year after that, as he did this last year. Uh, I mean, he might. I I think. See, I don't know. I I I don't even know who the Redskins' other corner is. They might just not throw to him ever. <laughs> 
I, I, uh, it's, it shouldn't be too difficult to, to figure usually, out. Usually, I'm pretty good. Oh, God, D'Angelo Hall? Yeah, they're never going to throw at Josh Norman. Ever. <laughs> oh, God. That wasn't difficult at all. That's awful. Yeah, they're going to pick on, and then D'Angelo Hall will get, like, five interceptions. Of, it, Mark knows all about this. D'Angelo <clears throat> Hall will get five interceptions amongst the 30 touchdowns that he gives up, and people will think that he played well. Hey, you know, he got five interceptions. I, I know I shouldn't <laughs> say anything, because Randy Nelson tied for the interception uh, win this year. He wasn't bad in Cincinnati by any stretch of the imagination, but ask a Dolphin how Reggie Nelson was, and they'll just be like, fuck. Or not Reggie, uh, not, uh, not Dolphins, uh, the Jaguars yeah. were Reggie Nelson's original team, and they'll just be like, fuck. Or uh, actually, the other guy who tied for the interceptions lead is on the Panthers, uh, Kurt Coleman. Kurt Coleman is a very good free safety. Yeah, well, so, you know, yeah, looking at the defense, uh, the cornerbacks for Washington, um, yeah, not, uh, Junior Gallette, is, no, that's a linebacker, sorry. He's a, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, that didn't even sound right. That's also yeah. a mistake, but that's a different problem. Um, uh, they, they have him there as, oh yeah, that, that signing was a mistake. Yeah, I was going to say, Junior Gallette as a starting player in any team is a mistake, but just ask the Saints about that. Oh, the left, oh no, D'Angelo Hall plays safety. Oh god. The left quarterback is Bashaud Breland, the Ooh. legend himself. So nobody's throwing at because uh, <laughs> you're not going to need to because your other options are going to be the uh, uh, Sua Cravens, who is the second round draft pick for for the for the Redskins, or D'Angelo Hall. I think you're good. Just uh, just Richard Shermaning your playbook uh, against uh, yeah, against or Josh Namdi Azamwaing your playbook. Right? Yeah, I, I think either way, you're not you're not really in huge trouble. So. Final thoughts on this for me are, are very simply. Uh, I think Carolina probably dodged a bullet. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think, uh, I think Carolina, I think Carolina made out well in this, and Carolina has a very, very young, good roster, and so they used their five draft picks and drafted three corners, and they're just gonna chuck them all at a wall. Yeah, that well, that was what we were talking about last time. Yeah, I, I believe. Yeah, well, it had probably, to have been on probably like fuck podcast. it. We got Josh Norman in the fifth round, and he didn't start to play until his until his what, fourth or fifth year. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. We can find another Josh Norman. I, yeah, it shouldn't be too much of a problem at all. We yeah. have Carolina's depth chart in front of us right now, but I don't think that they were really, really that concerned. Like no. Josh Norman's play this year was not why they went fifteen and one. Yeah, they might have gone thirteen and three and ended up in the exact same spot they were in. Remember that Atlanta game when Luke Keekley chased Julio Jones like forty three yards down the field. Like Julio Jones ended up getting out on a bobble and scoring, but just the fact that Keekley was running with Julio Jones forty three yards down Luke the field. This is Luke Keekley we're talking about. My so I mean, God. like, there there's something to be said about Carolina's defense that has absolutely nothing to do with their secondary. Yeah. So I don't think that the that Carolina's in trouble. I don't Was- think Carolina's going to suffer. Washington, that contract's going to bite them in the ass. Starting this year, but, yeah, when, uh, when they can't go sign Kirk Cousins because they have to pay Josh Norman twenty million dollars <laughs> the next year. I don't know why they didn't front load that contract, but there's probably a good reason. Because Dan Snyder, sure. So, so here, here is the last, uh, the last topic we're going to talk about is let's see. Uh, I'm going to say it verbatim from our outline. <laughs> Denver's so fucked. <laughs> You're wrong. I don't, uh, well, probably I am, but let's take a look at the Denver quarterback saga. So, uh-huh. um, well, we obviously know that uh, 
Mr. Fivehead has retired uh, with a Super Bowl ring, and he is now going to man all of his Papa John stores whilst singing Chicken Parmi Tastes So Good. Oh, God. And doing vaudeville routines. I think that also was nationwide. Um, I would like to point out that uh, Kevin is not a fan of Peyton Manning and his commercials. No, it's like if 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 remember that basketball that sucked all the talent out of like Charles Barkley and stuff <laughs> in Space Jam. Mm-hmm. It's like there was one of those for like talent and charisma. Basically, what I'm trying to get here is it's like if it's like someone with no talent or charisma trying to do a Bill Murray impression. That's what Peyton Manning is like. Oof. Well. So anyways, um, I'm just going to leave that one as it is. So he retires, and so now Brock Eisweiler, the starter of a total of, what, four games? Something like that. Some some small number of games in the NFL was asking for a lot of money. Now, teams are stupid. Ask the Eagles. Or, hell, ask the Texans, because they're the ones that decided to sign Brock Osweiler to a four-year, $72 million contract. Yeah, but Joe Flacco is overpaid, and he's an albatross. Fuck you guys. (laughs) He is, though. (laughs) Super Bowl ring. Brock Osweiler (laughs) also has a Super Bowl ring. Does he have a Super Bowl MVP, though? No. Has he been in a Chicken Nuggets commercial? I think that's irrelevant. <laughs> so anyways, Osweiler gets a shitload of money from the from the Texans, which is funny because the Texans made the playoffs by not really having a quarterback, but then yeah. again, the Broncos won the Super Bowl by also not really having a quarterback, so, you know, you take what you can get. Yeah. Um, it's very clear the Broncos were unwilling to pay that amount of money for Osweiler, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. we're talking, I, I'm, I'm thinking that they were probably talking four years, like 15 a year. Instead of eighteen, and the Texans just overbid on yeah. an understudy of Peyton Manning. Like that's yeah. effectively it. Yeah, but I mean, I just I, I'm I'm not sure that there was. It's not that they would. Uh, it's not that they did bad. He started six games, I think, because I think yeah. his record was four and two in that span. It's not that Osweiler played bad. It's just that is he really worth that much money? And the answer to that's probably no. The answer to that is probably no. When if, when you had a team that made the playoffs with TJ Yates, Brandon Whedon, Case Keenum, and uh, Ryan Mallett starting games, uh, we don't need to pay that much for. No, for no, you really don't. Although when you have a you, when you have a New Hopkins that can catch anything, that My does tend God. to help. Best receiver in the NFL by far. That that yeah. I'm not even I'm not even going to argue with that one. Yeah. So <clears throat> Denver's next move was to sign Mark Sanchez to a two year nine million dollar deal. Now, the question is, is that is this a smart signing given the circumstances yes. that we're in at the moment? Absolutely. Uh, Mark Sanchez looks like he's walking into the same situation where he had success with the Jets. Right. Four four road playoff wins. He's not getting paid as much. You have very little expectations. Uh, I didn't watch it extensively, but from what I recall, he actually was playing okay in Philadelphia. He did all right in Philadelphia for a few games, and that's when everyone's that, that was the Nick that was Nick Foles last season in Philadelphia when he got yeah. injured, and Sanchez came in for a while. He was doing okay, and then he just fell off the wagon. But uh, you know, I, I think that. Either way, when you look at the, um, we haven't even gotten to the draft yet. Their only quarterback at the moment was uh, Trevor Simeon, 
which I think that's how you say his name, and he was the seventh round pick from last year. So I I think I think Mark Sanchez was a very good signing. I think he'll step in right away, and he can not fuck up and hand off the ball 25, the, 30 times a game. To C.J. Anderson, whom they overpaid. <laughs> C.J. Anderson went to the Dolphins. No, he's still on the... He's No, he he was offered... He, he got an offer sheet from the Dolphins, and the Broncos matched oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they ended up way overpaying for him. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. Um, yeah, hand it I, off to C.J. I got, I got to pay attention to what's going on in my own backyard, so that's yeah. why I know that one. <laughs> and... You know, Demarius Thomas is really good at taking bubble screens out for touchdowns. Yeah, like they they have they have the talent there. They they played they won the Super Bowl with shite quarterback play last year. Yeah, and I think Mark Sanchez. You know, to to bring it back to me, Mark Sanchez can be a Trent Dilfer. Absolutely. I think Peyton Manning was already Trent Dilfer, but yeah. yes, that's a fair point. No, because Peyton Manning was still trying to be Peyton Manning. <laughs> but I, I think I yeah. think they can sit Mark Sanchez down and go, "Hey, Mr. Sanchez, uh, if you get us 13 points a game, we'll probably go 13 and three. Just do it the easy way. <laughs> <laughs> do not throw the ball very far because yeah. it'll get pecked off by anyone in the AFC West. Yeah. Um. Uh. So the the best part of this story is their dance with the devil that is the 49ers trying to get not only trying to get Kaepernick but trying to get Kaepernick to restructure his con- or change his straight up change his contract so where he wasn't getting paid an obscene amount for what could be him being a backup to Blaine Gabbert there's no way that this was going to happen, right? There's no way that if you're Kaepernick or Kaepernick's agent that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll take less money to play for Denver, knowing full well that I could very well not be on a team in two years. Yeah. I mean, the, way, the way the Kaepernick's contract is structured, it's pretty much a one It's like it was a one-guaranteed year with six years of, of team options. Yeah. Yeah. Also, now I wouldn't. I would have to say this. I have would have no problem Kaepernick being on uh, on the Broncos because that means we would get to beat the shit out of him twice a year. But uh, the and and the fact that we uh, we beat the Forty ers in a three and thirteen season that ended up getting you know <laughs> that was that was that was lovely and that was that was kind of the rubber match for the Niners in terms of them getting in the playoffs the, that year. And also Jim Harbaugh got fired. So I wonder who the best team in the Bay is right now. Um, but, I mean, there was no way that trade was going to happen. Like, every no. single time they said it, it was just like, are you serious? And the answer to that was no. Yeah. No, I fucking hate Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I've hated him since he was on the 49ers. Uh, every once in a while I check. Uh, he's still covered in Bible verses, and he still celebrates what few good plays he makes by kissing himself on his biceps. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so the, so the, the last thing that ever did with regards to its QB situation is drafting Paxton Lynch in the late part of the first round. Um, good pick. I think, that, yeah, I think that, that was a good pick because, well, one, it's very clear you're not, you're not settled at, at quarterback. Sanchez is, at best, a stopgap. Mm-hmm. And... Two, I mean, we've discussed already that the arms race between the Rams and the Eagles to draft the best, shittiest quarterback in years. Mm-hmm. Um, the drop-off between Wentz, and, Wentz, Goff, and Lynch wasn't that much. No. 
So I mean, I think they were all third round talents in a in a fair world. Sure, right. I mean, Connor Cook was the fourth best quarterback according to a lot of scouting reports, and he was taken in the fourth round. He was also the seventh quarterback taken, I think. Yeah, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. Um, I just like when you look at all that happened, and then you look at the kind of you look at the hemorrhaging of well, not hemorrhaging, I guess, but the the talent that went away in Denver. You still have Brandon Marshall, you still have DeMarcus Ware, you still have Von Miller, you still have Akeem Tlaib, you still have T.J. Ward. It's not like their defense is Chris going Harris anymore. Jr. You still have, yeah, you still have Chris Harris Jr. It's not like the de- – but, I mean, really, is it just Denver going, we know who we are, fuck our offense? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, I would definitely say that, you know, they, they, have, they have an identity as a team, and – you know, all all of this, all of this is just noise. I think that you know, when the if the Denver defense comes out anything like they did last year, they'll forget about the offense. The for, <laughs> yeah, people forget about the players that they lost on offense. You know, if you know something happens like happened to the Ravens, and uh, <laughs> still a little bare about that, aren't we? Well, when when Terrell Suggs got injured week one, that fucked up everything for the entire season because mm, we had to yes. shift everybody. If Von Miller gets injured in week one. This defense is absolutely fucked. I don't think there's one player that's more important to a defense anywhere in the league than Von Miller. I'm not one to wish ill or injuries on a player, and this is oh, I've, definitely I've, true. I'm not going to either. But it is, it is perfectly fair to say if Von Miller were to tweak yeah. his ankle before both the Raider games, I would not feel too bad as long as those injuries... We're not um, actually like threatening to his long-term life, yeah. Because yes, you're exactly right. If Von Miller, if Von Miller gets injured, that entire linebacking core turns into a shitstorm, yeah. And uh, I mean, they don't necessarily have the greatest depth either. No, you start looking at the second-string guys uh, in Denver uh, across the board, and you start going, Ugh. yeah. So, a lot of rookies, a lot of. A lot of a lot of rookies, a lot of second, a lot of clear second string depth talent, and so I I think that with regards to this whole quarterback situation, just to round the the story out, um, Denver was stuck between a rock and a hard place when they tried to play hardball with uh, Brock Osweiler. Uh, The quarterback market has been weird, uh, (laughs) to say the least. Um, You have uh, a player in Ryan Fitzpatrick who was bailed out about a bazillion times by Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, still unsigned. And then you have Brock Osweiler getting $18 million a year. And Sam Bradford, who we'll talk about on your podcast, uh, (laughs) holding out because he's worried he's not going to have a job in a year. So why would you hold out then? Why wouldn't you just go play harder? We'll discuss that in your podcast, not mine. Okay, okay. The uh, yeah, yeah it, it it's bizarre. I don't understand it. I also don't understand what Denver was thinking in the first place by trying to hardball Osweiler. I get the rationale to an extent because they didn't want to pay eighteen million dollars a year for a player that they weren't sure about. But there's only so long you're going to be able to have mech quarterbacks, especially in the AFC West. The Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Raiders all have decent pass rushing. Well, sorry, the Chargers don't. But the Chiefs and the Raiders have decent pass rushing. <laughs> the Chargers have a decent secondary. And uh, your quarterback being shite and your running backs being B, B-minus players, 
that's not great. That's not. I mean, we have we have a week dedicated to f- saying fuck the rest of our division. This isn't that, but uh, it's not ideal for the Broncos to be where they are because they have no. They don't have. It doesn't look like they have a short term solution at quarterback. They don't have a long term solution at quarterback. And signing Mark Sanchez is just further evidence of that. Yeah. All right, so uh, any last words on anything we've talked about this week, Kevin? Um, I think that the Raiders possibly had the best offseason of any team. This whole offseason has been very weird with a lot of weird standoffs and a lot of weird inaction stuff I didn't expect. But I think I think you know our, uh, the R4 slash NFL, the subreddit, they make a lot of jokes about how the off season is slow and it doesn't matter. And I think that because there's nothing else going on, a lot of teams get crowned the get crowned the the Super Bowl champions in the off season. Look at uh, Philadelphia in 2012. <laughs> hey, they were stupid enough to name themselves the Dream Team. Well, that isn't my uh, problem. Vince Young named them the Dream Team, and everyone knows that Vince Young is stupid. Vince Young got like a six on the Wonderlick. <laughs> <laughs> literally stupid. Yeah, literally stupid. So. So the but as far as uh, I think the Raiders as far as all of that the Raiders had a a fantastic off season the Broncos had a weird off season but they'll be fine uh the Panthers not signing Josh Norman I think that was a great idea <laughs> probably one of the best moves of the off season yeah probably one of the best moves of the off season and like I said uh Jerry Richardson and Dave Gettleman both don't have a lot of patience for trying to put yourself over the team. Like people talk about how Cam Newton shouldn't have fun playing football or whatever, but he he he's nothing if not a team guy. Very very yeah, that's very true. I mean, so I I, I will say this: I enjoyed the circle jerk from our NFL about the Raiders and the Jags being uh, great at doing well in the offseason and pretty much everyone else agrees with that uh, I dis- I hated the counter circle jerk that a lot of AFC West opponent fan bases were saying that oh enjoy your eight and eight record you you shitty team you enjoy or sorry enjoy your eight and eight record and enjoy going to Las Vegas next year or some bullshit like that because those attacks are always fun to see on the internet. Um, but the the fact of the matter is, is that even though this is all true, this we still haven't seen them play down a football since this all happened, so we have no idea how this team's going to go. Well, we'll have a discussion about the 2016 season uh, later this uh, later in the offseason. I think they're clearly going to be better. We did address a lot of the holes that we had, uh, filled in the slots that were affected by retirements, retained all the people we wanted to. This is not your your regular Raiders offseason. No, absolutely not. As, as to the rest of the league news, yeah, you're right. Josh Norman getting paid $75 million is a goddamn joke. And so is the quarterback situation in Denver, although that might not matter because Peyton Manning played like ass last that, year. That's where I'm at. It doesn't and they, matter. Yeah, and they won the Super Bowl. They could so, put my grandma out there at quarterback and they'd be fine. It probably wouldn't make too much of a difference. <laughs> so uh, with that, next week, or next time rather, I don't know if it's going to be next week, but we are going to look at the shitstorm that is relocation. Oh, goodness. Yes. Oh, that'll be, actually, that'll be fun for me. Yeah, it won't be so much fun for me. Although now I'm going to start mentioning uh, the Cleveland-Baltimore move in in this podcast. Not that it's going to hurt you at all. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
So now that now, ah. now, now that you have just said you're going to have fun with this, I'm going to make it hurt for both of us. Mm. But yes, we're going to try to talk about relocation in the sane way. We're going to discuss the possible locations the Raiders will move. We'll discuss what other things are going to matter in relocation. We'll and discuss, discuss how deep the Chargers can go fuck themselves before they move away. Right, that too. But that's, <laughs> that's an understood fact. And we're also going to discuss why... Yes, it is true that billionaires should pay for their own fucking football stadiums. Yes, Bill Simmons, you are correct. Uh, Mark Davis is one of the few people that aren't billionaires. So maybe he should sell the team to somebody that can pay for their own fucking football stadium. Until then, uh, I am Mark Gahagan. And for Kevin Bush, I will say thank you very much for listening to the second Take the uh, Silver and Black podcast. We'll see you next time for more NFL news and news about the Oakland Raiders. See you next time.